When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Daily Thrones fans, I'm here at Collider Video, where normally I am uh, starting my broadcast day a little late with you because of some work, but it's worth the wait because I have my Collider's Thrones Talk co-host, uh, Rachel the Crusher Cushing. How are you? I'm good and ready to talk Game of Thrones, yeah. always. We, we break down uh, Game of Thrones each week on Thrones Talk, but some stuff come kind of pops up after, mm-hmm. and this idea that uh, the ice... On the narrow sea is freezing because of winter being here, or the Night King may be up to some tricks, and that the Night King and the army of his dead might just walk around the wall. What do we think about this theory? I don't love it because I have been waiting since so a long, long, long time ago to see the wall come down. Yes. I think it would be far too easy for them to walk around. I'm hoping that it's more of just an indication of, A, that something is going to go down at East Watch by the Sea, which is the yes. castle along the wall at that point. So, like, it's pointing more to that being the place of importance where things are going to come to a head. Um, and I don't mind the idea of the sea freezing because that first shot of the first episode was great because right. the Night King and his army was bringing a storm with him. So the ice freezing it is a great touch. But if it means that he just gets to waltz around and then show up in the north, I, I, I will be one disappointed fan. I would agree with you. There's a lot of sometimes sometimes a lot of these theories that when I hear them, I go, well, it sounds great, but it would make me mad if it happened. Uh, for some, One of the biggest ones for me is Tyrion as a Lannister, as the Targaryen. Makes perfect sense. I think it might be. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be. But with this one, I agree with you. Uh, I think we're going to get something big at East Watch by the Sea, which to me could mean Tormund and the what I'm now calling the Free Folk Watch nice. could could hold back the Night King or something. Maybe he has to go around. Why Night King looks uh, undefeatable, but you never know. Right. I still feel like that the magic inherent in the wall and, and that piece being the reason why the walkers can't come south and all of that has to be resolved in a much more interesting, bigger way. And like I said, the visual's cool. It's also a cool thing for fans to pick up on in the opening credits of the show. But whatever goes down at East Watch needs to be more complicated than what some people are saying in this theory. Right. Well, it's like, Danny, we, we kind of knew. We got it wrong initially, particularly I did on Day of the Thrones. I'm like, before she hits Dragonstone, she's going to have problems. Well, it turns out, hits Dragonstone, now has a lot of problems. Um, and this Theon, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this Theon thing. A lot of people giving Theon a hard time. We talked about this PTSD setting in, and it's a pretty serious thing. But... People are rising up against Theon, but I'm seeing people rise up to defend Theon, too. It's been actually a really great debate over the last couple of days, and the people who are so sorely against him, I want to ask them, well, are you against Jamie? Are you against half the other characters in the show? Because most of them have done really terrible things, and they live in that gray area. Game of Thrones right. is about the gray area. It's not about it pure is. white knights and pure evil villains. And Theon has been through so much. I don't forgive him for doing it, but I understand him for doing it. And kudos to Game of Thrones for continuing to thwart our expectations about heroes' journeys and the way we think characters are going to go. And they, they, they zig when they're supposed to zag. And I'll have to admit, in rewatching the episode a couple times um, since we did Thrones Talk, I think I got so caught up in Ilaria Sand and Yara having their moment. Yeah, it was a sexy girl time moment. Yay. I think I was focused on that. 
and didn't pick up the fact that they basically told us what was going to happen. Yara's like, he's my protector. He's going to be there for me. I was stupid. Sometimes the answer is so right in front of us that you knew this was happening. Oh, Game of Thrones is brilliant at that. That's why you have to pay attention to their seemingly just one-off lines. And and there were others in this episode, even something like Danny saying, you know, I will burn you alive to Varys. Makes me go, oh, geez, that could yeah. actually happen. <laughs> that that That's one of those kinds of lines. It, so. It's why when Jim Broadbent as not Marwin says, um, says uh, the wall's always stood. I'm like, well, there goes the wall. Exactly. There goes the wall. And I'm... Uh, I love all that stuff, too. Did you get a chance to read Jorah's letter to Khaleesi? It's out now. Oh, I, you know what? I, it's funny. I freeze-framed it on my, my TV, and I walked up to it, and I just it was too faded. But I knew there'd be a fan yeah. out there who would darken it and figure it out. So I haven't seen that post, but I'm dying to. It's as you would expect. I I, I was love I was I loved you the first moment I met you, and I wish <laughs> I was alive to see you take over the Seven Kingdoms. I would expect um, no less. Expect no less. But hey, he's still alive now. All right, that is Rachel and her thoughts on some of the stuff that emerges post the episode uh, post the episode airing. That's what happens when you're in Game of Thrones world you watch the episode you react and all of a sudden theories and speculation and i just want to get her reaction you can catch us every monday on thrones talk on collider video and call in with your ideas and reactions to these theories as well right here on daily thrones we're a podcast as well we're on itunes and that's it see you next time hey ken this is jeremy hey i i really think it's going to come down to uh a battle at the uh east watch by the sea if they just end up walking around the wall i think fans are just going to just lose their mind a little bit and uh, call BS on that and I really hate to say it but I do see by the end of this season I think there's going to be a lot less of the free folk and uh, I, I've, I've, I, have, I have fear for Tormund right now. I just see him going down at a, I wouldn't say like a blaze of glory covered in being taken down by a bunch of the dead but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Hey Ken, so I'm a, I would also I would be extremely disappointed if the wall didn't come down and it was just a case of they're able to walk around the wall or some or through the wall even something like that. That would be disappointing. I mean, even you know, being a book reader before the show even started, I always figured you know the wall is going to come down. Now I know the Horn of Winter isn't probably not going to be on the show. I think that's going to be something that's book only. But you know, I think there's other ways they're going to they can bring the wall down. So. I still think it's going to happen, but I would be disappointed if it didn't happen. Hey, Ken, just calling in uh, after listening to the bit about the Night King just taking a stroll around the wall. I feel like that'd be like the equivalent to Batman vs. Superman's Martha moment. And I hope that Game of Thrones never goes that road. Thanks. I'm Ken Epstein, and this is Daily Thrones, and let's talk about the Sand Snakes. It's no secret the storyline in Dorne has never been one of the best uh, received by fans of the books who are watching the show. But also, I, I've seen a lot of show-only fans who never quite got what was going on in Dorne, never quite liked what was going on in Dorne post Obermartell, of course. And then they never quite got the Sand Snakes. They would turn to me and say, you, you said they were so cool. What was the problem? I don't know if it was a huge problem. I think there's some great moments with the Sand Snakes. There's some bad moments with the Sand Snakes. But the characters were on the show, and sometimes that's good enough for me. There's a lot of book characters that get cut out of the show that I think are of utmost importance, and they're not in the show. Sand Snakes, in the end, were not that important, though we haven't seen what will happen with Tyene yet. So I guess it begs the question, what are some of the biggest disappointments in this show that we love? Because we do absolutely love this show. 
as book readers. This is a question kind of for book readers. What is the biggest disappointment? Uh, I'd say Lady Stoneheart is definitely one. Mance Raider going out a little bit early when there was a, a lot more to the story. And then I would say the Dorn storyline. It just was mishandled, uh, not clear, rushed at times, used so little, and now we're at this point where Ilaria Sand is a prisoner and most of the Sand Snakes are gone and Tygene's the only one left. And that, of course, begs another question, which we'll have very soon, which is, what's Euron going to do with his gift? But what's your guys' biggest disappointment on Game of Thrones from book to show or just show in general? Let me know here on Deadly Thrones. Hey, Ken, you kind of touched upon a lot of my disappointments. Dorne was a very big disappointment. I like the Dorne stuff in the books. I always will. Uh, Mance Ryder, Lady Stoneheart. I kind of want to say where Stannis' story ended up was a disappointment for me, but to be fair, we don't know what's going to happen with the character in the book. He very well could die at Winterfell in The Winds of Winter. We don't know, so I have to be fair in that regard, but... You know, the Sand Snakes, for me, they just came off lame. I mean, I don't know what it was. It just didn't click for me. But I have seen a lot of people who have not read the book that did like the Sand Snakes. I, definitely show watchers, I found, liked the Sand Snakes more than us uh, book readers. But, yeah, so I would say Dorn, Mance, Stoneheart are my biggest disappointments. Hey, Ken, just trying to think of a, a moment that I consider disappointing on Game of Thrones... And only one comes to mind for me. And that's the, the moment that Stannis Baratheon is killed by Brienne. And I believe that, yeah, we see Brienne swing the sword. And as the screen cuts to black, we hear the sound. But it just didn't, never felt good enough to me. You know, Stannis' storyline was one of the longest-running subplots in the show. I really grew attached to his character. Not to say that I liked his character or disliked his character, but I definitely grew attached to his character and the storyline revolving around him. And just to not get that visual death scene, um, I felt a little bit cheated. And I'm not sure why that scene wasn't shown to us. Maybe there's a reason that you can uh, enlighten me on. I'm not a book reader or anything like that yet, anyways. So, yeah, that's, that's my only gripe with the show I can think of. So, thanks for taking the call. Have a great night.